What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Smart Business Solutions, the official podcast of GBS, America's productivity partner. Each episode, we are going to explore some of the biggest threats and challenges in today's business world and the vast amount of solutions GBS offers to meet them. Well, hello, and welcome back to Smart Business Solutions, the official podcast of GBS. Today on the show, we are going to be discussing our Rocket Collector Collections solution, and we have two guests with us, one who everyone is familiar with and one who is making his first appearance on the show. With us in the studio today is Jay Malcolm, Senior Account Executive with GBS FinTech, and Jay has been on our show on a few prior episodes where we discussed ShareTech and our credit union collection solutions. And also with us today from Ireland is Tony Kelly. Tony is an experienced business director with a demonstrated history of working in the computer software industry. He's a strong technology professional who graduated from the Dublin Institute of Technology. He's co-founder of Expert Revenue Systems, a specialist solution supplier that provides software and services to enable customers across the globe to solve complex business problems in collections, debt management, and legal debt recovery. And he has extensive experience working in the debt collection space in Ireland, the UK, Europe, and in North America. So Tony and Jay, thank you guys so very much for being with us today. We're we're very honored and, and excited to have you guys here and excited for this discussion. So thanks for being with us. Good to be here, Rich. Yes, Rich. Thanks for that great introduction. Thank you, Rich. And thank you, Tony, for being here. Tony and I have worked together for a year, and we have this partnership now between GBS and Expert Revenue Systems, and we're branding the Expert Revenue Systems software as Rocket Collector here in the U.S. All right. And I have come to really respect Tony's knowledge his work ethic, and the great results that he and his team have produced. It's truly been my pleasure. So, Rich, um, we're not the Joe Rogan podcast. We don't have millions of listeners, right? Uh, that's correct. Okay. We're, we're not quite there yet. Not there yet. Not and, there yet. And so we do have a much smaller audience, but some of that is by design because we're, we're choosing niches that – um, are going to be of interest, not to millions, right. but just those that are in the industry. That's right. And so today we're bringing specific information to collections companies with the goal of helping them to improve their processes and results. And to accomplish that goal, we have Tony, right. what I would argue one of the most knowledgeable collections experts that does work all over the world. So for fun, and to get us started, Tony, what's the craziest collection story that you have to tell our audience? Uh, well, the craziest collection story. Uh, okay, so that means, one that's a bit light humor, okay, but it is a true story. So we were, we were presenting to an organization in the United States. It was a, a car finance company in the United States. And we were getting set up in the boardroom. You know, everybody's there. We're waiting on some people to arrive. And uh, the CEO of this company decided to, uh, to tell us what he called his buffalo story that he uses throughout the organization. Mm. So he, he calls, he picked the phone and he called one of the senior managers and he said to him, hey, hey, Joe, bring in the buffalo for me, please. So the senior <laughs> manager walked into the boardroom with this uh, cuddly toy, basically a stuffed buffalo in his hand and he placed it on the desk in, in the boardroom and the CEO proceeded to tell the story. And the, the story is that uh, he... He treats each, each one of his teams and the collection teams in the organization 
Now, each one is responsible for the performance of the team as a whole. The idea being that if the entire team performs, then everybody wins, whereas, you know, the stronger performance performers in each team support the weaker performers. And he, he compared this to, to, uh, to, to ranches like back in the 1800s. We would have been driving here to Buffalo across, you know, across states and they were paid on performance as well. They were paid on the more Buffalo they delivered, the more they got paid effectively. So, so and not, not a lot of people realize that buffaloes are, they're a very community-based uh, herd. So whenever they're moving herds across the country, the, you know, the stronger young adult members of the herd will always fall back and support the elderly or the younger, weaker buffalo to make sure that you know, everybody is moving along. So this is great, except from the rancher's perspective, it means that the older, slower guys are potentially slowing down the whole shipment of the herd so back to to collection side of it where you have you know people in in the team who are performing uh this ceo's philosophy was we give them all of the support all of the training and encouragement that they need um but ultimately if at the end of the day if if, you know if they're still falling behind you know what do we do and then to which he went back to the buffalo store and he says well the ranchers back in the day they would have just shot the elderly weaker (laughs) <laughs> members of the herd so that the overall move faster quicker across the country now thankfully he did clarify don't shoot the poor performers on the collection team um but his his summary on it was basically that you know collections is, is as a as a career it's not for everybody you know you you have to have a specific skill set to be able to function and, and work in a collections environment. So, you know, having all the having all of the training and the coaching and everything else, sometimes it's not enough. Sometimes you're just not cut out for it. He actually usually would let one member of staff go every month. They would replace a member of staff who's not performing. Oh, wow. um, so that's kind of, I think, the, the craziest story that I've heard in, in, in collections. I would say so. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like yeah. the making of a Dilbert cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The first senior manager at the starting session when he got the call to bring in the buffalo, he thought he was being shot. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, that's funny. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. So, Tony, funny. you've been involved in collections for over 30 years, both on the collection agency side and as a creator and innovator of collection software. So, not many people can make that claim. What would you say are, from your experience, some of the common pain points that you see for most collection agencies today? Okay, that's a good question. I've got, um, I I usually have the top 10 challenges or pain points that agencies usually would come across, but um, I guess I want to tie for 10 today. So let me just quickly highlight some of the ones that I think we come across more commonly, the ones we see across most agencies. Uh, The big one, I think, is manual or semi-manual-based collection systems. So quite often, um, the receiving account of portfolios referrals from many different clients, um, some of them could be banking clients or medical debt or government debt, but usually they're getting portfolios from multiple clients all in multiple different formats. There's no, there's no consistency to the way accounts are referred to them. And this leads to a significant amount of manual effort to get all of these onboarded. That's probably one of the biggest challenges I would see with agencies. It's the lack of an automated onboarding process so you know everything is manual or semi-manual quite often in fact they would have programmers on on staff where they would have to write code to import and onboard you know these portfolios Uh, i think the second biggest one is perhaps trying to manage many different systems rather than being fully integrated 
again, with, with collection agencies, they're managing debt on behalf of multiple clients. Quite often, their clients insist that the agency uses their own collections platform, meaning there's many different systems in the organization. So, you know, try to train staff if a staff is moving from one portfolio to another, they got to get retrained in different technology and so on. So that's usually a big challenge too. Another one I would suggest would be perhaps the inability to have consistent processes applied across different teams. So, you know, failing, failing to have prompt, you know, prompt follow-ups and failing to systematically escalate accounts in arrears because of the, the different technologies and different platforms that are in use in the organization. Scheduling work and predicting workloads. So, you know, if you've got a collections team of, you know, potentially 100 users coming in to do a shift from 6 to 9 p.m. to make phone calls or whatever, it's very difficult to predict what kind of workloads are going to come in for that team on that shift and how, how the work gets scheduled. Again, because of the manual, semi-based manual ways of doing this, you know, typically they probably dump the entire list of calls down to a dialer and that's it. That's the only control they've got. They're just, you know, you probably heard the term dialing per dollars. You've got the dialer's going to make a phone call and assign it to the next available operator. There's no real um, logic in, in scheduling the work. It's just pumping the dials out. And I think, that, I think the next big one, probably just to, to wrap it up and not go on for too long, is, is, is the lack of a customer profile. We use the term uninformed debt management quite a lot. And this is where, as the, as the collections person in the collection agency, if I'm a collector and I'm speaking to a debtor on the telephone, often I wouldn't have all the information to hand. I wouldn't have the entire customer profile available to me. So I'd have, obviously, the telephone number that I made a call on, maybe some some contact information to verify who the person is and the balance on the account. But I, I, often I wouldn't have the full history of the account available to me. So, again, that's pretty, that's usually a pretty big challenge for connection agencies. So I think those five probably, I think, are the most common we would come across in terms of the pain that agencies would face. Okay, thanks. Yeah, we heard you talk about uninformed staff that are, are making these calls. That that leaves them flat-footed, and that's frustrating. You also talked about differences in workloads and lack of automation, lack of integration. Those are certainly things that some of, some collection companies, if not many, are facing. So hearing those pain points and, and challenges, we want to dig into that, how some of those challenges can be overcome. Before we get to that, I've got a couple other quick questions. What would you say to the collections company that tells you that they have no pain points or pain at this time? Well, that's a tricky question. Honestly, I, I, I have not come across a collection agency in my 30 plus years in the industry that has no pain. Every single one of them has pain. And actually, to be honest, to be fair to them, they're usually very forthcoming. They would tell you what their issues are. And they would say, we would love to have these type of issues addressed. So, okay. yeah, I, I don't know of any collection agency that would not have any pain. Just just to give you an example of that, um, a, a client who previously deployed our software in, it's not a collection agency, but it could best demonstrate, you know, this, this concept of not having any pain. So this, this company was a telecoms company. And, you know, they basically said that they didn't have any issues with the collections department. Everything was fine. But after after we deployed our software, they discovered two things that they had totally underestimated. The first was the person they thought was their best performing collector actually turned out to be one of the poorest performing collectors. Mm. When they compared them using the metrics that we used, they realized that maybe this guy wasn't as good as they had previously thought he was um, because they were using outdated methods of, uh, of performance monitoring. 
the old fashioned, you know, like how many calls was the guy making, how many accounts was he working through, um, rather than, you know, actually, you know, looking at the performance of how much he was connecting on those accounts, which is far more useful information. And the other thing that they that they had a big misconception on was what they thought was the best performing client from a credit perspective. So they had a very large financial institution as a client. It was a bank with, you know, with telecoms and broadband installations in different branches throughout the country. Prior to putting in Rockets Collector, they thought they had a pretty good handle on, on where this client was at from a credit risk perspective. But after adopting it, and they were able to get a single view of all the accounts in all the branches, they realized that they had a significantly higher risk with this client than previously anticipated as well. So, so again, just to reinforce the point, some people, if they're claiming to not have any pain, it's probably because they haven't really looked at the at their organization and, and dug deep into where where the real pain is. Yeah, that's a great point. Thank you. So, as you said, most of them are pretty forthcoming, and they would admit that they have pain. So, what about collections companies that you've dealt with that would say, "Yeah, we're in pain. We have inefficiencies. We know about it. We have problems that are that are slowing down our effectiveness." But the cost and time, the time and cost of change, don't make it worthwhile to even talk about changing their core collection software platform. That, that, that's a very, very common thought that comes to us when we're when we're speaking to collection agencies. If you if you look at most collection agencies, they have they would have a, a system and what would you call a legacy system, legacy system that's been in the organization for a long time. And these systems, although they're legacy, they are critical. They you know they would be viewed as pillars of the organization. And you know, a lot of agencies would feel that if they were to touch those, that perhaps the organization might come crumbling down around them because they're so reliant on them. So this is a common trait with collection agencies. You know, they've got systems that have been there for a long time, perhaps systems that were imposed on them by their clients, and they just have to deal with them and move with them and work with them. So when we when we come across this, we would always recommend a staged approach to replacing those legacy systems. We would never attempt to replace that in one big bang. So, for example, we could go into an agency with that, with, that, with Rocket and we could pick one client and one portfolio and say, okay, let's integrate Rocket to the legacy system. So the legacy system for the short term remains the core system of record, but now they're using Rocket to manage one of the portfolio for one of their clients. And once they see the, you know, the efficiency gain and the benefits that they can get there, then they would consider moving over gradually over a period of time, moving more and more portfolios off the legacy system. And ultimately, then hopefully the end game would be to replace the legacy system and make Rocket the, the system of record. Yep. seems like a great, great way to attack it. I mean, this is common challenge that people are companies that are in pain that, that want to move to a new system. Well, you can't get to that new system until you, you go through that conversion and process. But if you, if you stagger that and find a better way to do it, that certainly, certainly can be beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the other very good point on this is quite often, if they're taking on a new client, if they're onboarding a new client for the first time, you know, often the new client would say, well, hang on a minute, we're not happy with your processes. You're going to have to adopt some smarter technology here to manage this portfolio first. And that could be the lead into, into phasing in a phased approach as well. Yeah, great. And I know, Tony, you and I have, have made that uh, very same suggestion to some. So, okay, moving yeah. on. I had an experience uh, a couple weeks ago. I got a call, not from a collector, thankfully, but uh, <laughs> it was a paid solicitor, and they identified themselves as such. 
And this is an organization, a not-for-profit organization that I had given money to before. So this paid solicitor was attempting to get more money from me. And it was striking that, I, I mean, I don't mean to be insensitive, but she sounded very old and like a very raspy voice, like she had been, you know, living a hard life of smoking and drinking. So I've got this old woman calling me. And it just was a, it was not a good user experience for me or a, a customer experience for me. And I, I, my takeaway from that was, well, that's just what everyone is facing today. There's such a challenge in finding good help and retaining that help that, you know, Tony, I know you could probably add that to your list of top collection agency challenges of finding and retaining talented staff in what you described earlier as a very tough job. So how can technology solutions help with that challenge of finding and retaining staff? Okay, yeah, so that's, that is very valid. And actually, it is one of my in my top 10 challenges for collection agencies. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, earlier on, we, we decided to, to restrict it to just five of them because because of time. But uh, yeah, it, usually I would have one of my slides talking about this particular topic. So, you know, as I mentioned in my Buffalo story, the job of collections, it's not something that's suited for everyone. It does require a specialist skill set. And if you have... If, you, if you're going to invest and adopt the latest technology to make the, the life of your collectors easier and their job easier to work with, you're more likely to hold on to your key staff and less likely to risk using uh, good staff to go to a competitor agency who may have better, newer technology. The other flip side of that is if you invest and you've got the great technology in place, you will attract the best staff to your organization too. They will want to come and work for you and you know, and have the the ability to use this latest technology to, to make them function in their job better. Yeah, that's a great point. And uh, technology can be a great fit here where you're just reducing the labor component in addition to, I know we're going to talk a little bit later about digital collections and the concept there, but in addition to making the experience better for the customer in the end, and uh, that's a true win-win. Mm -hmm. So moving on, obviously collections companies have some unique needs that regular collection departments at banks or telecommunications companies, for instance, would not have. What are some technology tools that are unique to helping collection companies and their specific needs? Yeah, so, so, so some of the tools available, just before I talk about the tools themselves, I did touch on this topic briefly earlier on too, when I talked about the, um, collections not being you know not being seen as a whole as very disparate systems around the place and uh, no integrated technology because of the different number of clients that they're working with so you know the banks and the telecommunications companies or other large organizations that have internal collections operations they typically would be fully integrated to the core banking systems or the core accounting systems of record so there's a lot more integration going on there which means the the processing of an account from day one past due is almost instantaneous. It can move very quickly from the, the accounting system of record into collections or from collections into CRM to, you know, to manage disputes and so on. All of that can be handled very easily. Often in collection agency, that's not the case. As I mentioned already, it's very manual process uh, or, or it can be a very manual process. So when, when they onboard a new client for the first time and they get a new portfolio of accounts, they, they would usually have some some technical staff, potentially even programmers, to write code 
to convert whatever files they've been given into a format that's reasonable that they can import and onboard into their system and get started. And, you know, it's not uncommon for that to take up to like seven to 14 days sometimes to get a portfolio onboarded. So that means there's a 14-day delay from the time you know, the, the client refers the debt to the agency before the agency can actually get it up and running and get started on it. And most people in collections know that, you know, the early, the earlier you hit these accounts, the more likely you are to get paid on them. You know, the quicker you can get the thing set up and running, the more likely you are to get resolution on it. So, so we regularly use tools or our clients, our collection agency clients would regularly use tools in our software that's you know completely streamlined that process. So we have we have an onboarding tool where we can graphically map, we can point to where the files are located that are coming in, and we can graphically map the source and the, the and the um, what do you call it the content of the files coming in, map that to where they need to go and lock it, and then we can save that as a template for reuse. So we can literally we can onboard a billion dollars worth of debt in a few hours once we receive the files from the from the new client. Once it's onboarded, then that's it's just trips into a, a process and you know off we go we can dispatch messages by text message or email or whatever path we choose so i think that's one of the biggest differences between collections in a collection agency and collections internally in the um the, the creditors or the underwriters of the loans um, it's the lack of integration for onboarding accounts really would be a significant difference the other one i think is probably from a regularly perspective and i don't want to uh, dig too deep into the the, the laws of the United States, but there is in the U.S. there is the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act that applies to collection agencies, and it doesn't apply to the owners of the debt unless the owner of the debt actually is a debt purchaser that's acquired a distressed debt. Then they do come under the FTCPA. But banks, typically, and credit unions, they, they're not. They don't come under the FDCPA. Basically, that act allows or governs what you're allowed to do you know, around such practices as requiring consent for consumers. So you have to have consent from from the consumer to be allowed to contact them via SMS and email. It also governs practices such as the number of allowable contacts each month and even defining what is an allowable contact. Historically, making a phone call was deemed to be a contact, but now getting a, a delivery success message by SMS is deemed to be a successful contact too. So there are limits to the number of contacts that you're allowed to make. The, the Act also deals with, you know, illegal or unethical tactics, you know, threatening um, or abusive language, also threatening legal action where, in fact, you might not be able to commence legal action for a specific kind of debt. That's the sort of thing as well that, that's governed. Um, so, so lots of different things on the regulatory side that uh, collection agencies would have to deal with significant challenges that perhaps the banks and telecommunications companies wouldn't have to deal with. Yeah, thank you. I just had a conversation with a with a company last week, and they were talking about the regulatory environment in each of the 50 states, and obviously they don't want to get in trouble. That was the general counsel of the corporation that I was talking with, and I said collection software could put guardrails around that so your people don't overstep and they don't don't get you in trouble. Keep yeah. you out of the keep you out of the headlines. That's the important thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and likewise, even you, you mentioned across different states, that's true. But you know, when you get to, to legal connections, it's, it often varies from town to town as well, mm. not state to state. So even within states, there can be differences from one town to the next as well. So yes, and you're right. Software can can help manage all of those rails that need to be that need to be adhered to. 
Yeah, you get it set up right, and you you keep people, you keep your process safe. That same prospect that I was speaking with last week, she is looking to to manage collections in house. They're starting to do that, and she had considered an, as an alternative to outsource that to a collections company, but she was concerned about what she called the tone of that collections company, or you know her insight into how they might be collecting. And I told her, number one, well, not all collections companies have a have the wrong tone. You know, right. part of their job, if they're doing first-party collections, is to represent your brand and keep consistent standards for those first-party collections. So the question I have for you, Tony, how can software technology help maintain that brand, consist- brand and consistency standard for first-party collectors? And in what ways can they do that? Yeah, it's a great question. And actually, just to add on to your point about collection agencies doing first-party collections, often you'll find that they have more experience of this than the actual creditors. They are the owners of the debt themselves, so they're probably better, but they could potentially be better equipped to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so from a technology perspective, uh, I think that's the key. Modern technology allows for you know, complete configuration of screens, processes, communication templates like text messages and emails and so on, uh, they can all be configured at different levels to maintain that brand identity for, for, the, for the client that the agency is working on behalf of. Using that kind of technology, it, the client can actually dictate to the agent to say, okay, here's the brand I want to put on this. I want you to make sure you comply with our own corporate identity in terms of the brand on the, on the stationery and the fonts that we use in our stationery. You know, you can actually use the technology to ensure that the agencies are complying to to your own corporate brand as well from a first party perspective. So, so I think that that's something that any collection agency involved in first party collections needs to be strategically aware of. You need to have the ability to be highly dynamic moving from one client to another to maintain that brand identity. Excellent. Yes, absolutely. So we've talked a lot about the challenges that collection agencies face. And one of the the biggest that companies across the board are facing is that inability to hire and retain good people. So you've used the term even prior to that being a, a crisis nationwide and, and if not worldwide, you've used the term digital collections. What do you mean by digital collections? Digital collections, I mean, the term digital is just that, it's digital. So it's, it's effectively modern communication methods that don't require a telephone call. To, to to collect money. Now, we're not suggesting that collection agencies just stop calling people. That's never going to happen. There always will be, there will be a requirement to call people. Um, but if you look at digital channels, such as SMS messages, emails, social media, and so on, di- these are digital methods of, of contacting people. More and more people are moving towards digital methods. Nobody who has an account in arrears likes to take that telephone call. You know, if I'm if I happen to be at work and as a collection agency trying to call me, I'm not going to answer the phone. Or if I do answer it, not realizing it's an agency, I'll hang up and I won't speak to the person after I do answer it. Whereas if I get a text message or an email, I take a look at it and I say, okay, I need to deal with that. So when I'm out of work, when I'm back home later this evening, I'll respond to that and I'll resolve it. Um, so it's it's a much softer, neater method of of, of collections using digital channels. The other point I'll make on it is. Traditionally, prior to digital collections, most consumers would resolve death after that first communication. 
we estimate approximately 25% of people would respond to that first letter or telephone call from an agency and resolve the issue rather than have it escalated. So, so we took the approach a number of years ago and said, well, okay, we can take that 25%. Let's say we can use these digital channels to contact these people. We, we're going to get 25% of these resolved without ever having to write to them or, or call them. That's a pretty significant win if we can, if we can use these, these tools. Yeah, it, it sounds, I'd use the term, again, win-win, in that it's, it's meeting people where they live <laughs> on their smartphone, but not via voice because they don't want to take that phone call but it's a win for the collection agency as well because they're reducing that labor component and doing things much more efficiently. Okay, so let's look out into the future. So my, I believe my last question is, what does collections look like for collections companies 10 years out in 2031? All right, so the future looks bright, I think, for collections companies. Um, so just to follow on from the digital collections theme that we talked about, uh, we, we already made the investment into digital collections a number of years ago. Like we launched SMS in Europe about nine years ago, so so continuing on from that, we, we you know we decided to look at well, what else can we take and make digital? What else can we take away from a person in a call center so that you know to make it easier for the consumer to actually go and self-resolve this without the need to speak to somebody? So about twelve months ago, we launched for the first time our self-service collections portal. So this is just adding on to the concept of digital collections. And the idea is when when we send out a text message or an email, instead of using that text or email to encourage the consumer to call back at a convenient time and resolve it, we actually provide links in the email uh, to direct them to a self-service portal. Now, this is not just a payments portal. There's lots of payments portals out there where you can, you can go and just make a payment. This is a little bit smarter. We, we've put up a self-service portal where if you think about historically when, when, the, when the consumer would have called back into the collection agency and they spoke to somebody on the telephone, if you think about what happens in that telephone interaction, well, effectively, it's a negotiation. And the person in the, on the telephone in the collection agency is trying to negotiate a full settlement of the debt. And the consumer on the other side is trying to negotiate something that's more meaningful or reasonable to them in terms of what they can afford at this point of time if it's not a full settlement. So that negotiating process we've now put up into a self-service portal. So the flow there goes the same way as the flow would have traditionally gone on the phone call. Whereas in the portal, we initially try to get a settlement in full. So we, we offer the ability for the consumer to make a settlement in full. If they can't do that, then we offer the ability to create or to negotiate a promise to pay over a period of time. So although the consumer thinks this is, you know, that they're determining the scale of, the, of this promise to pay and how long they're going to take to pay it back, we're actually controlling it in the back office functions with all the rules around this particular type of debt and this type of consumer, how much they're allowed, the minimum amount to pay per month and so on. And so that's another example of a negotiation on the portal without speaking to somebody. In the past, on the telephone, we also would try to recapture a person's current financial means. So on the telephone, we'd ask them for you know, their current income and expenditure, what their mortgages and all that kind of thing. So again, with self-service portal on the digital side of it, they can now do all of that themselves on the portal. They can capture a current state in the means and they can use that as a budgeting tool to determine how much disposable income they've got available when they're trying to enter into this promise to pay settlement um, conversation. And then just very quickly, one other feature in self-service 
CRM, the ability to submit a query or a complaint through a portal and have that picked up electronically and driven through the core system inside in the office is also a really nice way rather than having to get on a phone and queue up for 40 minutes to get through a phone system to get in and speak to a person. Um, the ability to be able to self-serve in CRM also is, is a key part of what we looked at for the future of collections. So, so finally, on this point of, of self-service in the future, everything that we do in the self-service side of it automatically updates live in the core application. So there's no time lags or delays. If the consumer makes a payment and creates a promise to pay, well, the core system is auto automatically updated to reflect the fact that they've responded, made a payment, and negotiated the promise to pay. So now the system is going to monitor that automatically every month. Again, there's no need to be pulling it up separately on a queue for somebody inside of the office to work and manually update the promise to pay details. It's all automated directly from the self-service portal. Okay, great. And I do have to ask you one more question, Tony. I know the Rocket Collector software is, is really highly rated. The support team for those clients that have used this for decades, they absolutely love it. So what has made your company so successful for 30 plus years? Is it that the Irish are just smarter than everyone else? <laughs> uh, well, uh, I think, so I can say we Irish were very good at many things, but uh, I wouldn't be naive to think that we're smarter than everybody else. No. <laughs> okay. um, in terms of our success, I, I, I don't know, my own personal view is I'm doing this for 33 years. Our company was started 33 years ago. So I attribute the success to, to, to our dedication to the collections industry. That's all we do. We don't do anything else. We don't do core banking systems or CRM systems. We just develop connection systems. And over the years, 100% of our research and development has been entirely focused on connections. We know the industry we work in. We know our clients. We know what they want. We know what they shouldn't be doing, even if they want it. So we can, we can encourage them and guide them along that. Um, I would say that's probably the, the, the main reason for us, our success, it's our dedication to that collections industry. Excellent. Well, thanks so much, Tony. We've learned a lot of great insights that I believe collection companies can learn from. And I would just summarize by saying that these modern technical tools can enable digital collections, which address a number of things, including labor challenges that exist today, and a lot of these pain points and inefficiencies that collection companies are dealing with today. So we would love to talk with collection companies that, that might be considering a transition into a better circumstance and situation and uh, help wherever we can in that regard. That's awesome. Guys, this has been a this has been a great discussion. Tony, thank you again so much yes, for your you. time today. Jay, thank you for your time. Not at all. It has been, I, I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you very much for the opportunity. My yeah, pleasure. It was our, our pleasure having you, having you both with us today, and this is a great episode. So again, please reach out to Jay or Tony or you know, contact us at GBS in the marketing department and we'll get you in touch with those guys if uh, you'd love to learn more about Rocket Collector and the collection solutions that we have to offer so guys thanks again have a great rest of the day and we'll uh, see you next time thank you rich thanks bye-bye thank you rich thank you jay all the best bye-bye 
This show has been a production of GBS. For more information on the topics discussed today or the solutions offered, contact us at marketing at gbscorp.com. That's marketing at gbscorp.com. Or you can call at 800-552-2427. And lastly, check us out on the web at www.gbscorp.com. That's www.gbscorp.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on any future episodes.